Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. It is a tremendous honor once again to welcome back to our show economic trends forecaster, pro-freedom advocate, Martin Armstrong. Learn more, more, learn more about Martin by going to his website at armstrongeconomics.com. I always say this at every show, but Martin is the first website that I go to in the morning. It's the first thing I read in the morning because I always feel it's the most cutting-edge information. And I highly recommend you subscribe to his uh, paid blog so you can get the exclusive updates. Martin, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. Interesting times we live in. (laughs) Yes, very interesting times. And as somebody who's been a reader of yours for a long time, I'm seeing several of your predictions that have come true, especially the ones that you you were saying back in 2014. So it's just quite amazing how you've been able to predict these things. You know, we've been hearing this talk a lot lately about, I tend to hear it a lot, say, oh, how far the U.S. has fallen, how all this stuff is happening. And it's kind of weird, but I don't understand why human nature doesn't ever seem to change, why people don't seem to to correct their past mistakes, even though that they know that, that they failed. Is there any particular reason based on you know what you know about human history, what you know about Socrates, why humans continue to make the same mistakes and why that is such a precursor for the future? Well, I mean, I've noticed, I mean, being called in uh since 85 for all the different financial crises etc uh they they never ask when somebody puts forth a solution has this ever been tried before did it work that question is just never asked i mean you take wage and price controls i mean that's what hammurabi's legal code was about you know, fixing prices of labor and to silver, etc. You had the Roman Emperor Diocletian issue wage and price controls. Well, so did Richard Nixon. And you know, and, and now they're talking about it again. I mean, have nobody ever looks, I think, it back to see, you know, can we learn something? I, I, I really just I don't think so. Um those in power just act out of their own self-interest all the time. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. And I thank you for answering that. And I read your recent book about the rise and fall of the rise of the neocons. And according to, I guess, your recent book, it seems like these particular types of people are, are controlling everything. 
So that being said, I just want to keep, please give the, the average person a quick recap of who the neon, neocons are and what this means for the United States. I mean, is World War III something that cannot be stopped at this point? Is this something that uh, the whole world is going to have to go through regardless? And are we going to see future conflicts like this continue to emerge unless these people are somehow dislodged from power? Well, you know, it's hard to figure out why these people have their... Um, deranged view of the world uh, all i could say is uh ever since khrushchev said we will bury you they adopted the opposite philosophy that they wanted to use regime change to force democracy upon the world uh, so they were effectively doing what what khrushchev said you know of course he wanted to do it with communism um and even though communism failed uh there was a coup and they removed khrushchev because he was too you know controversial and con you know and confrontational they never changed um I mean, all this nonsense with Ukraine and and uh, and Russia. I mean, the war would be over in five minutes if they only simply honored the Minsk Agreement, which they all agreed to. Um, I mean, it's they are clearly doing this um, because they want to conquer Russia. Period. And I am shocked, but. Uh, I mean, they have infiltrated basically everything. Uh, the International Criminal Court, uh, which now just, you know, issued an indictment of Putin. <clears throat> I mean, I even had dinner with them. I mean, um, what is basically, you know, they cannot and have no jurisdiction over any country that's not a member. Okay. So they... United States didn't join, China didn't join, and neither did did Russia. All right. So they can never prosecute any American soldier or head of state uh, because their rules are they can only prosecute members. So for them to to you know come up with this concoction to to indict Putin shows that they've just been politically manipulated. Um, otherwise, they could indict George Bush, you know, for <laughs> Iraq. I mean, the same kind of stuff. I mean, but um, they, <clears throat> I do believe that the U.S. elections were rigged, and and they got Biden in because it was just too important to them. And ever since they got Biden in, I mean, they've seized control of the White House. Um, I mean, they even had a congressman call me and ask me if I would get back into in, into into Washington. I said, I don't want to go to your your tinsel city, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, why do you people keep calling me all the time? And I was even shocked at the response. He says, well, we don't have anybody with your expertise from the Cold War. I said, that's just 1991. I mean, I don't know if just everybody has just left. Um, I mean, you know, you had Biden's press secretary bragging about how woke they are. Um, 
you know, he has seven, you know, transgender aides. I mean, I don't know where you could find seven of them in one room. You know, but, yeah. I mean, you have to go out of your way to find that. I mean, it's this is not about qualifications. And that's what the whole banking crisis is. I mean, I mean, honestly, I lost my voice over the weekend having to scream at these people. I mean, I mean, they were actually at first contemplating not covering um, 85 percent of the deposits. I said, do you realize what will happen? And I said, every small business should then run out and take all their money out of the bank. You know, I want to come back to you about that question real quick about the banking system because there's a different one there. But just real quick, when it comes to the neocons that you were describing about how things are going in terms of the U.S., I mean, if you put the presidency aside, it seems that members of Congress seem to vote in alignment with a lot of things that, you know, regardless of what party gets in, they seem to to uh, have the idea that American civil liberties are still going to be continue to be curtailed. You're still going to have this, this monetary system where the Fed prints money. And more money gets printed and more money gets donated to these other countries or given to these other countries. So, directly speaking, how significant is the presidency uh, from your perspective? Has it diminished in its capability of influence throughout the world? Or is that just mainly just symbolically speaking, something to pacify the masses so they don't uh, flat out get up and, you know, really realize what's going on? Well, I've look, the Biden administration is is just a puppet regime at this point. Uh, I mean, the the neocons have seized control of foreign policy. And that little, you know, uh, report that I put out on it, 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 I showed it went back even to to Reagan. Uh, When Reagan uh, had proposed to to meet with Gorbachev, they were against it. They tried to stop it. Uh, They have been... All the time. And I would recommend um, McNamara, who was the neocon that uh, behind the Vietnam War before he died. I mean, you can look at it on 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 YouTube. I think he, he got religion or something and came out and apologized and said we were wrong. But they thought at that time that Russia was really behind Vietnam. And um mm-hmm. He put out a book basically saying, look, we should learn from our mistakes, but nobody else pays attention to it. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's been consistent this way. Uh, When Trump came to power, um, as soon as he was elected in November, John McCain and uh, Lindsey Graham ran to the Ukraine in December before he's even sworn in and said, we're going to give you all the money you need. We have to, you know, start this war, you know, keep going against Russia. This is all they want. All right. And then when Trump came in, he was reluctant to do anything. The neocons got him to actually gave, you know, gave Ukraine the javelins. He's the first one that, that, did give them lethal weapons. All right. Despite the fact all the propaganda that, oh, he was a, a Putin puppet and all this stuff. He's actually the one that gave Ukraine javelin missiles to go after their tanks. Um, but 
then he realized, I think, that he was being played. And you had John Bolton. Um, and <clears throat> I actually went to dinner uh, at Mar-a-Lago um, in March of 20. And <clears throat> that's when he said that he was going to withdraw all the troops from Afghanistan. And he actually said that he was sick and tired of writing letters to families that their son had died, um, you know, for God and country. And he actually said, he says, what are they dying for? They've been fighting over borders for a thousand years. What difference are we going to make? And I'm quoting him. Uh, yeah. and, and from that moment on, John Bolton came out. That's it. He's a traitor to the country. Blah, you know, all they want is war against Russia. That's it. I don't understand. It's it's like insane. And based on what you're seeing every day with your soccer dudes, which makes hundreds of reports a day, are you seeing a inevitable war with Russia heating up? Is that is that going to come quicker uh, than you expected? And also, do, what do you foresee happening in the U.S. as far as the uh, presidential election goes? Because I don't know a lot of people are harping on it. I mean, anyone who doesn't seem to be pushing for a war with Russia seems to be a- attacked. So I'm curious if Socrates is foreseeing and um, something happening quicker with Russia. Are we going to get in the third world war uh, based on the acceleration of events that seem to be appearing uh, much more rapidly than we've been accustomed to? Well, I should say, look, these forecasts come from uh, the computer. Mm. Um, When I stood up in 2011, said, okay, fine. The computer is saying the war cycle is turning up in 2014. Mm. In 2013, I came out and I said, okay, fine. The hot spot will be Ukraine. That's where everything starts. Um, I mean, even RT from Russia called me and said, how did you predict, you know, Ukraine a year in advance? Look, this is the computer is monitoring absolutely everything. I I don't think there's an individual that can possibly do all these types of forecasts, Um, certainly years in advance before anything even happens. As far as World War Three is concerned, it still shows, you know, from basically from 25 on. Um, probably peaking out around 27 to 28. Okay. Is that nuclear war? Is that just a hot war? Is that a hot war with Russia and U.S.? It's probably Russia and China uh, and even North Korea and and I would say Iran. Uh, I mean, the world has been clearly divided. These neocons have... um, basically violated every agreement that there ever was. Um, Even you take, you know, Taiwan. All right. We had a passive agreement. Yes, there's one China. Okay. And as long as we had that, China didn't have to really invade Taiwan. Then Pelosi hops on a plane and, and all this, oh, we're going to defend you. Now, all of a sudden, you're slapping them in the face. All right. And then, uh, you know, you have the Biden administration getting on publicly and saying, if you dare give you, you know, Russia any weapons, this is what we're going to do. That is stuff that you say behind the curtain. Yeah. Not publicly. As soon as you say it publicly, 
you know, I think this is deliberate because that now makes uh, China look weak if it backs down. It's like two guys in a schoolyard. One slaps the other one in the face. Well, now the other one's going to fight back. Uh, You know, it's, I can't imagine it's just simple incompetency. Uh, it, It seems to be a deliberate act by these neocons. They finally got control. They got control of the ICC court. Uh, the Biden administration, mm. Europe, and they're pushing every button possible for war. Well, looking at them, I, Martin, I wonder if these particular groups of people that you describe as the neocons, if they have a loyalty to any particular type of country, because in my mind, I'm thinking, OK, if I'm a person who is, you know, well, very wealthy beyond imagine. And I have all these different assets in various countries throughout the world. I may not be particularly aligned to any particular country. I may be what you call a, a globalist at this point. Do you think that the neocons specifically are aligned to American interests or do they have any loyalty whatsoever to any nation at all? Are neocons seen all throughout various countries? Are they uh, working behind the scenes to create war in order to further a bigger interest, such as uh, the World Economic Forum, which they're trying to push for that great reset? Is that is what's happening with the neocons aligned to the World Economic Forum's uh, plan for the 2030 agenda or the great reset in any capacity? Um, I don't think it really goes that far. Okay. They tend to be uh, very singular minded and um, although they, you know, are the the most aggressive ones are the american ones okay and and honestly when i stood up and and even in 2011 and said okay fine this is when the war is going to start you asked me then do you think the united states would have been the aggressor i would have said no all right from a personal perspective now the u.s is the aggressor there's no question about it i mean um i mean just they have orchestrated everything. Um, there was the Minsk agreement, and then you had Merkel come out and in response to saying, well, gee, why, you know, doesn't Germany tell Ukraine just to honor the, the Minsk agreement? And she actually responded and said, well, we never really intended. It was, it was just a stall tactic to allow Ukraine to build an army to go after Russia. That confirms the aggressor is the West. It's not Russia. Uh, And then you can look on the Daily Wire, Google it. On February 23rd, Zelensky stands up and he he then says that Ukraine is going to uh, rearm nuclear. That night, Putin goes on air and says, confirm says this is what they're saying and I've got no choice. It's kind of like us in in the Cuban Missile Crisis. The next day, he goes in. All right. And then they say, oh, unprovoked. Well, they've done absolutely everything to provoke it. Uh, You had, you know, the vice president at at the Munich affair, uh, Security Council, saying that Ukraine should join, you know, NATO. And that agreement 
from 1991 when um, the Soviet Union collapsed. Uh, Ukraine, most people don't realize, had more nuclear weapons than China. Oh. And so the agreement was they gave them up. They returned them to Russia. All right. NATO agreed not to invade and Russia agreed not to invade as long as Ukraine remained neutral. That was, you know, the Belgrade agreement. So they violated that and then they violated the Minsk agreement. So it's clearly, you know, being orchestrated by the neocons on this side. You know, did Vice President, you know, Harris even understand what she was saying? Probably not. She just reads the cue cards like Biden. You know, so it's whoever's writing up the cue cards is basically whatever they say. It's it's, it's just a lot to worry about, especially if in the U.S. But um, I I want to come back to the banking system. I appreciate your answer. I want to come back to the banking system. But before I get to that, I want to just share with everyone real quick. Uh, please, if you get a chance, you go to go to armstrongeconomics.com. Not only read Martin's updated blogs that he has on a regular basis, but read the ones about history. I always find your historical blogs, you're talking about how you tie various patterns with history together. Very fascinating. And um, so I want to say, you know, thank you for writing those. One particular blog I found very fascinating was one you're talking about a gentleman named Alan Matheson turning. You're saying that turning discovered in nature that there was a hidden order within identical cells that change become. Um, so there's some kind of like hidden uh, intelligence behind it. You also talked about the Lorenz strange attractor and that was discovered. It illustrates that there's a hidden order that exists within the overall appearance of randomness in our society. And I think you also tied that into a quote by Albert Einstein saying, God does not play dice. And being with, with all those things together, and we're seeing this uh, randomness and chaos, do you, what do you gauge as the, uh, the hidden order be- behind all this, the reason why all this is happening? And uh, at the same time, do you find that Socrates is in some way, shape or form been able to tap into this hidden order or this hidden intelligence behind why all these events are occurring? Yes. I mean, um, the fact that, you know, the model has come out, I mean, even, you know, when I published it first in 1979, and it even predicts the very day of the 1987 crash. How is that possible? All right. Unless there is this hidden order. And and Alan Turing basically found that, you know, there is... The process in an embryo, when you first look at every cell is identical. How do they suddenly clump together and change and one forms an eye, another one forms skin and another one when they're all absolutely identical at the, at the beginning? You know, it, it, there's turning basically besides, you know, breaking. He, he really kind of like started, invented the computer. Um, but and you can watch a film on him, The Imitation Game. Uh, and he broke the, you know, the, the, the Enigma code. Um, but he was a great mathematician and he saw order in what everybody else thinks is chaos. Now, you know, there is Socrates has, has identified this and it is a clear... Um, business cycle, I would, I call it uh, in effect, because everything's in there. 
from war, climate change, you name it, everything combines together the same way as in biology, what Turing was, was experiencing, that creates the outcome. All right, you have uh, the sea people that invaded and, and wiped out the Bronze Age, all right? Why did they come? Because they got cold in the north, all right? Mm. Why did the Huns invade Europe? Because they went through a big drought over there, so they moved, all right? So there's always, you know, different aspects of this. And, and so you can predict them uh, and people will respond, uh, unfortunately, and, and to the same type of response. Because the one thing, I mean, history might change from technology, all right? Um, kind of like Star Wars. I mean, it's the retake of 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 uh, the fall of Roman Republic and set of swords, their labor, you know, uh, laser swords, etc. I mean, but it's... It, that's basically what it is. It was based upon Rome. Well, um, so just kind of wondering, what, what's the hidden code behind it, though? Like, what's the I, I'm, what, what's driving that hidden code? Like, what is the origin of it? And is there anything that people can do to, to change it? Because I find it very fascinating that Socrates has been so incredibly accurate with the predictions. And you said that, you know, a lot of times you want to be disproven. You, you don't want Socrates to be right. So I, I want to, based on all your years of observation, what is the driving force? What is the origin of this hidden code? And ultimately... <laughs> Is this hidden code leading humanity to a more peaceful, more prosperous place? Is the chaos that we're seeing uh, part of the, uh, they call it the consciousness, kind of correcting itself or priming itself to be something greater than what it is? Yes. I mean, I I think, you know, the computer showing that this all comes to a head by 2032. Um, and I think you can see it and you can smell it. I mean, mm. um <clears throat> United States is no longer the peaceful nation of 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 liberty and the beacon to the world. Um, it, it's just getting completely nuts. Uh, wanting to, you know, indict Trump. Yeah. I mean, that's becoming like a banana republic or what Ukraine does. It always imprisons the last president. You know, um, <clears throat> I mean, we were above those sorts of things. But, you know, doesn't seem to be any any longer. Uh, and what this driving force, I mean, uh, you know, the, I've been able to identify it's basically a cycle uh, frequency on pi. Okay. Um, and it's <clears throat> works out to be 3,141 days is, is 8.6 years. Three times that is 25 point, you know, and that's the 25,800 years is the time difference for the precession of the equinox. So the entire universe is based upon this. Um, amazing. It really is. It's no matter where you look at it's, <clears throat> and the system is fractal. So um, <clears throat> you have a child and that child looks like you. It's self-referral. Okay, so <clears throat> society in, in every aspect is 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 fractal. Uh, if you look at, you know, the veins of a leaf from a tree, it looks like a tree. Um, it, it's it's <clears throat> very fascinating, but it, we are so connected on every possible level. So, I mean, <clears throat> 
you know, politics is is um, really a throwback to really, you know, I don't know, um, just really barbaric uh, ideas or something like that, uh, that we can manipulate and change things. I mean, I mean, I could run for Congress, say, vote for me, I'll save the whales and women's rights, whatever. And then as soon as I get down there, they go, well, yeah, that's very nice, but this is what you're going to vote. All right. And if you look at the votes, you're always down party line. Yeah. All right. So it, it's just one giant fraud. They go, oh, why well, like this candidate? Because they say this versus that. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. The guys in the in the dark room in the back tell them what to vote and how to, how to vote. Now, the neocons, which is interesting, are on both sides. All right. Wow. And they have engulfed both sides. Hillary Clinton was a, a neocon. And John McCain is the one that handed her fake dossier to Comey. So it looked like it came from Republicans. And that was to against Trump and Russia. I mean, it's always the same thing. Um, wow. They play, you know, they play in the same sandbox. Uh yeah. It seems pretty, yeah, seems pretty clear about that. I mean, it seems like nothing really changes. Foreign policy doesn't change at all. And uh, I know some people are looking for, uh, you know, president for a solution. And I don't know, I quite frankly, I just, I just observe and kind of and I'm amazed at how weird it's getting. When you, some of your recent blogs, I always tune in, particularly when you talk about how the U.S. is kind of, it seems to be in that phase where it's kind of breaking up or it's going to go, people are going to split. And then I was also thinking about this, that you always talk about saying um, and you can kind of tell where things are going to go based on where money flows. So if you're looking at the U.S. going through a breakup, where do you think the money would more likely flow into? I mean, is, is there any economic indications that that reveal where some of the states that are going to be the most prosperous are? Are there any indications that a breakup of the U.S. will accelerate anytime soon. Are we looking at uh, anything? Is this something going to happen post-2032, or is this something that's going to start happening in the next couple of years? Well, it's already starting. I mean, you have a lot of separatist movements uh, developing. You've got even Northern you know, California wanting to leave the South. Yeah. Um, I mean, pretty much everywhere you go, you have uh, places from Oregon that want to leave and join Idaho and um, but effectively, it will be um, the New England area against the South. Uh, the Middle West will probably join with the South. Um, California, Oregon, Washington, they will probably join with with the uh, New England area. Um, it just becomes so polarized over over politics. And I mean, a lot of it is, it's just been total propaganda. Um, and I, you know, I would say a lot of it is, you know, you have to attribute to Hillary. Uh, it, you know, <clears throat> she basically was was demonizing anybody that even voted for Trump. They're the deplorables, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're downgrading basically half the country. Um, and that has metastasized basically into into this really deep hatred between uh, Republicans and Democrats.
um, where you, you look at it in, in, you know, California, I mean, it, it, it's just like a foreign country anymore compared to, to Florida. <laughs> um, a lot it, of people move away from California to the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it, they're pouring into Florida, Texas. Uh, it, it's, it's completely insane, but uh, th- this is, you know, it, it's been polarized to such a degree. I don't see it coming back. Okay. It's, it's only going to get worse. And uh, the more things happen, I mean, in, in all honesty, uh, you probably really do need Trump as president because he's the only one that would go in there and understand now what they really did to him and maybe go kick ass. I don't know. But um, any other president, they asked me if I would get in, back involved and would I talk to Trump and not... Um, and convince them not to run and then to advise DeSantis. Hmm. And I told them, I said, you know, if you get me involved, I said, I'm going to tell DeSantis not to go. Oh, why would you do that? Because you guys are just going to eat them for lunch anyhow. Uh, you know, if you look at Trump's uh, cabinet, they stuff the people in there. Yep. All right. Was- it's not his choice. All right. He was told, oh, look, you're not a politician to, to keep the uh, you know confidence in the country. We need people with experience. So they put in people like John Bolton and et cetera. Yeah. Every one of them stabbed them in the back. Every yeah. single one of them. All right. And I mean, I know the way it works. I was even asked if I would join uh, the White House uh, as chief economic advisor under Bush Jr. I said, no, thank you. All right. But so it's, you know, the idea that movie uh, that presented that, you know, that uh, Cheney met with with Bush and Bush made the decision. No way. I mean, absolutely yeah. no way. Um, it, it, this is the way it works. I mean, it's yeah. just so corrupt and you never see the people behind the curtain who make the decisions on what to vote. Well, I'm. Glad you brought that up. I don't know, quite frankly, if any particular president would could make a difference at this point. I don't know if things have gone too bad or too uh, sunk too low, or if you want to say uh, decorum among people. And when you're talking about the breakup of the U.S. when you have different sections, if all people are still covered under Social Security, if there's so many, um, if the federal uh, government is involved in so many aspects, how could that? How could there any kind of secession or any kind of breakup happen if you still have the government uh, at a powerful level on a federal level? How could that possibly happen? Because all that power is is being squandered away. Okay. Um, I mean, just look at what Biden's doing. He's paying the all salaries of the entire Ukrainian government. That's crazy. And their pensions. Then you talk about, you know, Medicare or Social Security. Oh, well, screw Americans. You know, they didn't vote for me anyhow or something. (laughs) Um, It's just we're, you know, we're more concerned about Ukraine than our own people. Yeah. And that's because the neocons are using it as a spearhead. And they look, I, I, I know some of these people. I mean, Bill Crystal even spoke at one of our conferences. Oh wow! And and he wrote the book to to go into Iraq, you know, in into Iraq. Uh, the theory these people operate on 
is regime change. Uh, we all heard about CIA assassinating people, but these people, that's their their basic philosophy. They thought of going in and um, overturning, you know, Gaddafi and <clears throat> Saddam Hussein. And their theory is if they remove these people that they don't like, that the people will then cheer and give them a ticker tape parade because they brought in democracy to their country. Mm -hmm. And it's never happened once. I mean, every war that that these people have orchestrated from Vietnam on, we've lost. Uh, It's just crazy. I understand why that has to happen. I mean, I think that, you know, if you're on the planet right now, you, you want to have world peace. It's beneficial for everyone to have peace. So I don't understand the, the, the mentality behind it. But uh, I want to come back to something that I was going to bring up earlier, which is the banking system. I and mean, we're seeing a lot of these banks starting to fail. And Martin, I cannot understand for the life of me how the banking system didn't completely collapse years ago. If you have all these banks that don't have a set number of reserves in there and people have all this you know money that they think they have and if they're seeing something happen with the bank, whether one bank fails, I can't believe that people haven't done these runs on the banks a long time ago. I can't believe that people are putting their money in the banks. I mean, I guess you have to because you have, you have to pay bills and do certain things. But um, why do you think that this thing hasn't happened? Do you foresee a massive run on the banks in the foreseeable future? And also um, for people who are pretty aware of what's going on right now, what is the what are some of the best solutions? I mean, should you should you put your money in precious metals as a holding for now? Should you put it in real estate? Should you put it in art? Should you put it in baseball cards? I mean, what are some of the ways to uh, prevent or protect your assets from a potential bank run in the future? Well, <clears throat> um, the the oh seven to oh um, nine crisis was different. That was mortgage-backed securities uh, really created by Goldman Sachs and sold to the big banks, all right? Um, So that was different. Lehman went down. Bear Stearns went down. This one is about rising interest rates. And the banks, SVB, um, Signature, et cetera, uh, it's a combination of just really a complete lack of expertise and this woke agenda. They're more concerned about hiring people to to check the balances here, um, and you know, and say, "See, I'm woke" or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the four people in charge of SVB, the four women they put in there, okay. You know, two of, you know, one white and three of color and one Spanish. I mean, you know, you're more concerned about that than you are about qualifications. It's crazy. And so what happens in this crisis is the Fed has been raising interest rates. And you have the left-wing press saying, oh, well, inflation's not that bad and it's going to, you know, subside and the Fed will bring interest rates back down. And these people lacking any experience had no, had no risk factor at all. They just believe whatever they read on, on, in the, on the headlines. So these banks have gone down because what's happened here 
is also combined with war. Um, look, you know, I've dealt with more central banks than I think anybody, <laughs> but in, in you cannot, as a central banker, you cannot come out and actually tell the truth. All right. In this case, Powell is testifying, yes, and, and about inflation, I'm going to raise rates. What was the first time he raised rates? It was March of 22, two weeks after the Ukrainian war starts. Yes. All right. Inflation was going up from 2020 into 2022. He did not respond. All right. The most inflationary aspect is war. Vietnam War. I mean, just go back and you can look at it. Um, he knows that, you know, Biden is just taking shovel after shovel and throwing it down a black hole. All right. And that is the most inflationary aspect, paying for everybody in the Ukrainian government. I mean, this is insane. The amount of money he has given Ukraine. All right. Besides Crazy. The, the double the, the military budget of Germany. All right. Um, he could have paid off all student loans in this country. He could have funded Social Security, Medicare for everybody that's on the planet right now. We take second fiddle to Ukraine. This is, I mean, I know that, um, you know, we've talked about this before, but, you know, people like Peter Schiff saying, oh, you know, they're going to have the, the high inflation because of this. And, you know, we're going to go back to a gold center, which I know you said you don't agree with. But at, the, at some point, does this strain eventually, what eventually does this do to the, the financial system? I mean, do people eventually uh, have money where they get transferred over to that central bank digital currency? Is that what they're going to do? Will they be successful with that? Or does their currency just continue to appreciate in value, but never go to zero, but just basically become like, you know, so... Uh, much worth than what it originally was. Well, you know, it's it's not. Um, I know these people say, "Oh, return to gold standard." Don't even understand what they're saying. Yeah. If you have a gold standard, that means you're okay. Fine, you're going to have a balanced budget. What does that mean? It means Democrats can no longer run for office. You can't say, "Oh, vote for me, and I'll give you this, that, and the other mm-hmm. thing." That's gone. All right. Politically, you're looking at a gold standard would completely change the political system. That's why it's not going to happen. All right. We have to crash and burn first. All right. Uh, The U.S. will be still the last man standing. Mainly because you have North Korea shooting off missiles over Japan so you got Japanese sending money over here. You got people from Taiwan sending money over here. You've got Europeans sending money over here. If we end up in World War, you know, three here, um, the U.S. was bankrupt in 1896, and we ended up as the financial capital world after World War One, and then World War Two, we had 76 percent of the entire world gold reserves. All right, so. The United States can't be invaded uh, with tanks landing on the beach, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's why we're looking at the United States dollar still being the the foundation for the world. The question is, the basically way this this always happens, and even in in 1931 when everybody defaulted, what happens is that uh, the capital rushes to the dollar when. Everybody else defaulted in 1931, and I recommend you read Herbert Hoover's memoirs that year, 1931. They're free online. Um, Then they turned around and said, well, everybody else is defaulted, so I guess the United States will be next. Then the dollar, you know, got hit. Um, That's pretty much the way it will, will unfold this time. And the... I wouldn't worry so much about the Fed. I'm worried more about how much money Biden is spending because the Federal Reserve cannot um, compete. You know, it cannot control the fiscal spending. All right. The bond market. I mean, now they have, you know, Treasury Direct, so they can finally start selling treasuries directly to the people. Uh, And I mean, that never existed before. So you're looking at the collapse of the financial system. Yes. All right. And after 2032, there'll be some new sort of a, of a monetary system uh, completely. Um, they will try to move to this digital currency. Uh, and I believe, um, although, you know, people don't like it when I say it, but I believe that Bitcoin was created by the CIA and, and these people. And because the way politics works is if they came out and said, we're going to do a digital currency, everybody would say, what's the government going to do me now? If they create something and make it look like it comes from the private sector, oh, that's great. A hedge against the central banks, you know. And then what? You know, that has indoctrinated people to digital currencies. And now they want to start rolling them out. And you can look at Bank of England. They said, oh, well, you know, a mother should be able to control what the child spends that that money on. And, and if she, they don't want them eating a candy bar, check it so they can't buy a candy bar with it. Well, if a mother can do that, what can the government do? <laughs> All right. I mean, if you put that kind of a code in, forget it. It's, it's you know, that's, that's the end of the day. Uh, and so... We're looking at their view, and I can say after 40 years of dealing with governments, there are no mirrors in government. We are always the problem, all right? They look at it as they wouldn't have these deficits if everybody paid their taxes. I mean, you look at the nonsense. So, you know, IRS is going to audit $600 transactions to get the billionaires. I don't think the billionaires are selling $600 items on eBay. (laughs) Um, I mean, everything is just propaganda. Uh, I was in Australia and they put in the luxury tax. And the slogan was, we're going to go get those rich people. You know, we're going to tax their fur coats, their Ferraris, and their French wine. All right. I saw only one Ferrari in in Sydney because they were already 100% taxed to get it in. 
uh, <clears throat> fur coats was it was too warm there for that anyhow. And everybody always gave me Australian wines, but it was a great slogan. Everybody cheered. Yeah, go get those rich people. Mm -hmm. All right. What was in the luxury tax? All electrical products. <laughs> so TVs, radios, whatever. I mean, this is the way they do it. They lie all the time. Whatever they say, it's never the truth. That's also why they did not like Trump, because he was not a politician. He's pretty blunt. Yeah. And besides that, if you look at what they really do, who'd they put in for vice president? Pence. He came from Congress. You look at and Biden comes from Congress. Um, Harris comes from Congress. They don't want anybody from the outside. Even when Reagan was elected and I was down in Washington, they were beside themselves. Oh, geez, we're going to have to train him. I said, what are you talking about? Oh, he's a governor. He doesn't know how things work here. It's their sandbox and they don't want anybody from the outside, period. That's why they hated Trump so much. And got it. Well, Mr. Martin Armstrong, I want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your vision, your insight with our listeners today. Very fascinating. Thank you so much for the more about Martin by going to his website at armstrongeconomics.com. And as I say on every show, Martin is the first site that I go to in the morning. I always feel that your perspectives are very sharp. And then highly recommend you sign up for Ask Socrates, the paid subscription, because your uh, blogs that you have on there that are not generally available are fascinating as well. Martin, thank you so much for your time for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's always a pleasure. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth, Please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.